Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Here, you'll find powerful messages from world-renowned pastors each and every week. This month, we're celebrating Christmas at Miracle Channel, which means you'll hear timely messages on joy, peace, generosity, and more to get you in the holiday spirit this December. And if you'd like to watch messages from your favorite speakers instead of listen, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today in the podcast, you'll hear a message from Robert Morris. Robert Morris serves as senior pastor of Gateway Church, a multi-campus church based in Dallas, Texas. He's a best-selling author of multiple books, and his television programs air in more than 190 countries. Now, let's dive into the message. I want to remind you, we are talking about being blessed beyond for the purpose of being a blessing. And that's very, very, very important because God wants his children to be a blessing. You can go all the way back to Abraham when God begins the nation of Israel and he says to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And another place he says, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So we want to talk about being able to receive God's blessing, yes, but also being able to be a blessing for someone else. So I want to talk to you today about am I generous? And I put this in the first person because we we each have to ask ourselves that question. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is, is because um, God's used me and I've been able to give a lot but I still see selfishness in my life. I still see times when I am selfish about my time, uh, selfish uh, even with my wife or my kids or with someone else. God is continually rooting selfishness out of our lives. And if you think about this, why did God even invent, and I'm gonna use the word invent because God did, he created it. Why did God even create giving? I mean, think about it. Did, did, he, did he do it to support uh, the work of the ministry? I, I was teaching a Bible class one time, and uh, I asked that question, why did God invent giving? And one of the answers was to support his ministry, to support the work of the kingdom. And it hit me like I'd never thought about it before. And so I said to these students, and they actually got to laughing after a little while thinking about it, I said, I want you to think about this. Do you really believe that God needs our money to support his work. Do you really think that's why God invented or created giving? No, God did not create giving for his sake. He's got it all. He created giving for our sake. He created giving to work greed and selfishness out of our lives. And so it's just totally opposite when you see this Uh, selfishness and generosity, this battle that we're actually born with from the beginning. And there's a passage in scripture that shows selfishness and generosity as clearly as you'll ever see it. It's in John chapter 12. Let me read it to you. Verse one says, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound 
a very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, now watch very carefully what the Bible tells us, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Okay, so two questions immediately jump out at me. Number one, why did Mary give such a generous gift? 300 denarii. Now, you might not know what 300 denarii represents. Uh, denarii is the plural of the word denarius. Denarius would be one coin. That coin was a day's wage. So if you worked a day, you'd get a day's wage. You'd get a denarius. Uh, if you worked you know, five days and they paid you at the end of the week, you get five denarii. That's how you would say the plural. So 300 denarii would be 300 days wages. Think about this. With 365 days in a year and you have Sabbaths and you have festivals, feasts, things like this, 300 denarii, this is what it meant. Everyone knew in Jewish culture, a year's wage. That's what it meant. You would earn about 300 denarii in a year. So here's what he said. Why, why would she take something that could have been a year's wage and it would have been put in the offering box? So two questions. One is, why would Mary give such an extravagant offering? A year's wage. Now, that'd be extravagant for anyone here. Wouldn't matter what your salary is. Wouldn't matter if it's 30000 or 100000 That's a, that's, a, that's extravagant for you, right? Okay. So why would Mary do such an extravagant gift? Second question is this. Why would it make Judas so mad? And here's what happens. We have two hearts displayed here. Remember, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we have two hearts. We have a heart of generosity, and we, had a, and we have a heart of selfishness. And they're displayed for us. So we can look at these and learn some things about, what we, about this that happened here. So the first thing I want to tell you is, here's number one, if you're watching at home, here's the first point, the enemy of generosity. Let's talk about the enemy of generosity. And it's, it's very, very simple. The enemy of generosity is selfishness. That's the enemy of generosity. Now, I have some bad news for you. You were born selfish. Now, here's the good news, though. You were born again generous. Now, we have to grow as believers. We have to renew our minds. And so we can become more generous and we can become better stewards so we can be more generous. But you want to be generous when you're born again. You want to be. As a matter of fact, if you think about generous and selfish, now this is just my way to remember it. Generous begins with a G, and God begins with a G. Selfish begins with an S, and Satan begins with an S. 
Satan is selfish. God is generous. By the way, uh, theologically, we say that we were born with an Adamic nature. Adamic would mean like Adam. And that's true. We were born with a nature. And Adam, by the way, means mankind. Doesn't mean male. So in the beginning, Eve's name was also Adam. Genesis 5.2. God called both of them mankind. That's what he called. That's what it means. Adam means mankind. God called them mankind. And God created male and female mankind. Okay. So, so we were born with a, a mankind nature, but a fallen mankind nature. Y'all just going to get so disappointed in what I'm about to tell you. But we were not only born with an Adamic nature, we were born with a satanic nature. Because that fallen nature came from the enemy. Uh, Satan wants to turn every conversation to himself. Isaiah 14, he wanted to be lifted up. He wanted to be exalted. Uh, he wanted to be worshipped all through Scripture. That's what he wants. Jesus, on the other hand, turns every conversation off of himself onto the Father. Everyone. They said, we love the miracles that you do. He said, I don't do anything unless I first see my Father do it. They said, um, okay, we love the teachings that you teach. He said, I don't say anything unless I first hear my father say it. See, that when, when we get, when we're saved, when we're, when we're born, we're born trying to get the attention to us. When we're saved, we try to get the attention on God. Are, are you all following me? I mean, you think about this. Um, I, I can prove that we still have a little bit of that selfishness in us. That little bit of look at me. Here's his real simple way to prove it. Who is the first person you look for in a group picture? <laughs> See? And if you don't look good, the whole picture's bad. That's a bad picture. That's a bad picture. Don't look at that picture. Right? Okay. Again, let me prove to you, we're born selfish. We're born selfish. Uh, I'm going to tell you something that you... <laughs> Just going to shock you again a little bit. See, it's humorous. But a baby's first word is all the same. Every baby has the same first word. It's not mama. It's not dada. It starts way before that. A baby's first word is I. <laughs> they start it from, the from day one in the hospital. I, in essence, I want to be fed. I want to be held. I want to be changed. I. Now, in my opinion, the second word could be mama or something like that. But somewhere along the line, one of the first ten words that a baby learns is another word. It's called mine. 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 There, there's, it's amazing how you can be in another room and you start hearing this, mine, 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 mine. And it, it, it makes chills go up your spine, you know? And a parent has to go through the house and find this sound. Where's this sound coming from? Mine, 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 mine. You know, and you get in the other room and it's normally a younger child pulling something from an older child, and the younger child is saying, mine, 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 right? Okay. You have to know, though, there is an age when parents do not care anymore about justice. <laughs> they don't care whose it is. 
They just want quiet. So we say something stupid like this. Give it to her. Just give it to her. And the older child said, but dad, it really is mine. Give it to her. She has things of mine too. Give it to her. That's the way we start out. We start out selfish. The enemy of generosity is selfishness. I, uh, I can remember one time uh, I had a pastor in town and we were going to a restaurant and we just happened to be driving past some large homes. And there was this really big home, very big home. And the guy is actually a member of our church. And, uh, but this pastor saw this home and he said, wow, look at that house. And then he said this, he said, he ought to sell that and give it to the poor. Now, every now and then, I like to kind of make an impact. Not be mean, but make an impact. And so I said to him, do you know who first said that statement right there? Judas did. The one who betrayed our Lord. We just read it. Judas said that should be sold and given to the poor. And according to the Bible, he didn't say it because he cared about the poor. He said it because he was a thief. So I actually said to this pastor, I said, I'm, I'm just going to shock you, man. You don't care about the poor. Because if you cared about the poor, you'd sell your house and give it to the poor. You, do, you know, do you really know what extravagance is, really, the definition of extravagance? Someone who has more than you. That's an extravagant car. Boy, that's an extravagant car. I never, never would buy that car. And then we get a raise. You know, I think I could afford that car now. <laughs> Wouldn't live in that neighborhood. Never, never would have lived in, you know, I think we could now, you know. It's extravagant. So, so here's Judas doing this, and this is selfishness. This is all through Scripture. By the way, there's something really curious to me in this, and that is that Judas had the money box. Please remember who the leader of these 12 people were. Remember who the leader was? Jesus. So who gave Judas the money box? Jesus did. Why? Because he knew. He actually said two years before this happened, two years before this happened, didn't I choose 12 of you and one is the devil? He knew who would betray him. So did he give Judas the money box to fail? No. Because the Bible says that God tempts no man and will with every temptation make a way of escape. He was actually giving Judas a chance to change his ways. He was giving him the money box where Judas could say, you know what, this is going to help other people. Now, think also about something that Judas was doing. Judas was taking money out of the money box. That's like the offering box. Now, here's what we all think. Here's what every one of us think. Watching at home, everyone thinks this. Well, I would never take money out of the money box. Okay. If 10% of it belongs in the offering box and you keep it in your account, isn't that the same thing as taking it out of the money box? It also says that Judas was a thief. The Bible calls him a thief. 
Remember how we read how in the Bible in Malachi it says, you robbed me? Joshua says, you've stolen from me because you took what belonged to me. See, it, it, it's, it's kind of tough to, to read these things. I'm, I'm telling you, money is a bigger test than you think. Because God is seeing if he can handle, if you can handle true riches. But the, the test he uses is if you can handle money or not. Are you enjoying today's podcast? This podcast and all of Miracle Channel's outreaches are made possible by our donors. Every day we receive incredible stories of lives being transformed by the truth of God's Word. And none of it would be possible without the generosity of people like you. If you'd like to partner with us, please consider making a donation today. Your support will help us share the hope of Jesus across Canada and around the world. To donate online, simply visit miraclechannel.ca slash podcast or click the link in the show notes. Thank you for your support and together let's spread the message of hope far and wide. So that's talking about the enemy of generosity. Let me talk about the extravagance of generosity. Mary gives one year's wage. That's pretty amazing. That's, that's extravagant. For any, any person, no matter what your salary is, a year's wage is extravagant. But does an extravagant gift impress God? Now, we have to look at it two ways. Okay? Uh, what is extravagant to God? Is it the amount or is it how we give it? It says that Jesus sat opposite the treasury and watched how people gave. It doesn't say how much. It says how they gave. He watched their heart. I'll tell you some extravagant gifts in the Bible. David gave $21 billion to build the temple in today's currency. A lot of people don't realize that. $21 billion. It's an extravagant gift. Uh, Solomon, when he became king, offered 1,000 bulls. A bull represented the king's wealth. 1,000. That's extravagant. Here's another extravagant gift that we forget about. A widow gave two mites. A mite is one half of a Roman penny. It takes two Jewish mites to make up one Roman penny. So she gave one Roman penny. Jesus said she gave more than everybody else here. That was an extravagant gift. That's what Mary did. But, but what I'm trying to figure out is, why did Mary give such an extravagant gift? Here's why I think. Her brother had just been raised from the dead. Read John 11. We started in John 12. I think she realized what was true riches. She lost her brother. He was dead. He was four days dead. He'd just been raised from the dead. I think she looked at this perfume that maybe she had saved for a long time to buy. And she thought, this is more important to me than anything else. It's showing my gratitude to Jesus. And so she gives this incredibly extravagant gift. By the way, Jesus said this, this was done for my burial. 
Now, what some of us don't remember is that Jesus was crucified on Passover. His body was taken off the cross and put immediately in the grave. And they came the morning after Passover to, with the spices to prepare his body for burial. And he wasn't there. He rose. But the point is, for the time he was in the grave, the only anointing he received was from Mary. If we started back in John 12, this was six days before the Passover. Let me put it another way. Jesus died on Passover six days before he died. So Jesus said, she came and did this to prepare my body for burial. So we talked about the extravagance. We talked about the enemy. Here's the third thing. The reward of generosity. The reward. Now this story is also told in Mark. And here's what it says in Mark. What this woman did will be told all around the world. What this woman did will be told all around the world. In other words, there was a reward for what she did. Um, I just want you to know that God is a rewarder. He does reward. I was at a Bible school one time in Costa Rica teaching. And they had on Friday, it was called Bless Another Day. And they were trying to teach the students to give. And they said, on Friday, you give something to someone else. And they told us about this student they'd had five years before. And he came and said, he was very upset, and he said, I have nothing to give. I cannot give. I have nothing to give. And they said, well, pray and ask the Lord. So he worked at a peanut farm. And, and went to Bible college. And so he went to the owner and said, could I give one peanut every week? Could I buy a peanut so I could give it so to bless another? One peanut. And the farmer said, hey, just, you're one of my best workers. Just take it. Take it. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. Because then you're giving it. I need to give it. So he worked it out to buy a peanut to give away. Well, this guy starts getting promoted. At the end of that semester, he paid for his tuition and another student's tuition. Then he got promoted again. At the end of the next semester, he paid for his tuition and 10 students. When I was there, they had over 200 Bible students, over 200. And they said to me, do you remember the kid that gave the peanut a week? I said, yeah. They said, he now owns the peanut farm. And he scholarships all 200 of these students. All 200. Because God rewards. When he can find a good steward <laughs> and a generous person, he rewards. And that's exactly what happened. Think about this. Here's what Jesus said. What this woman did is going to be told as a memorial to the whole world. Okay, so she comes and gives this offering, Mary, because Lazarus has been raised from the dead. And we're still reading about it today. And the best-selling book of all time recorded it. It's told all over the world. She got a reward because she was an extravagant giver. But here's what will stop us from being extravagant givers, selfishness. 
I'm telling us, I'm telling us, when I say us, see, I'm telling me, I'm telling you all the time we have to think about this. So I'm going to, I talked about the children, mine. So this is a little different. I'm going to end with a little bit of a funny story, okay? All of us are born selfish, right? We're all born selfish. And I told you, I still work on this. I still have to work on this. Okay, men do not like to share food. <laughs> this is still a weakness that I have. We drive up to a drive-thru. I say to my wife, what do you want? Everybody know what she says? Nothing. I'll just have some of yours. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> I'll buy you two orders of fries, but you are not getting any of my fries. And the fries that fall in the bottom of the bag are mine too. So I'm just telling you, I'm still working on this. I'm sorry. I'm still working on it. We're still working on it. We were born selfish. We were born again generous, but we work on it. When we work on it, when we're honest with God, God can do something in our hearts. He can show us these little areas where we're selfish and we're not generous. So remember, the question today is, am I generous? You know what the answer is? Yes and no. Sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm not. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray that you will do a work in all of our hearts, in all of our hearts, in every area, the small ones and the big ones, that we will become generous, extravagant givers, and that we will remember that it wasn't just as Mary, our brother's been raised from the dead. We've been raised from the dead. Many of our family members have been raised from the dead because of the resurrection of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you, we will become generous, extravagant givers. And that, Lord, we will live a life beyond blessed so that we can be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. We hope you have a peaceful December and a very joy-filled Christmas.